phantasm. The delusion of a disordered mind, a phantom, a spirit, a ghost. For most of his life, a young man has been pursued by a sinister force. Now he must learn the secret of the ultimate evil. Now it is time for you to come back. One doesn't scare you. You're already dead. to the nightclub where we are the ones who are dead so what else is new i'm your host travis maxwell boone the witch doctor of doom and uh this is our annual new year special i'm joined tonight by the original fanboy mr rickles how's it going sir it's going fantastic <laughs> gotta get that ph in there cut yeah also and with a ph we've got the man from the midwest the keeper of the contracts and the binder of your souls, Mr. Grindhouse Zombie. How's it going? Glad to be here. This is going to be fantastic. And for this conjuring, we have a very special guest. You might know her as Rocky from Phantasm 3, the film we are covering tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, witches and bitches, we have Gloria Lynn Henry. What's up? What's up? Blow in the house. <laughs> this is going to be an insane night i'm so excited i know grindhouse is ricky's probably in a coma um <laughs> let's all let's all get into a coma this was this was a, a put forth by glow herself we're gonna have ourselves a gummy ritual before the midnight ritual folks everyone get ready hit them milligrams cut mm -hmm. all right may we all have a blessed evening mm. yes this is this is gonna be so much fun. Yeah, I'm, in, me, I'm in Minnesota. We just we, we just drank here. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's what we do. <laughs> Speaking of which, I've also got some Elysian and some Voodoo Ranger on deck. Anyone else? I got the Natter Days. Oh, Natter yeah. Days on deck. In spirit of you, Ricky. Oh, thanks. There you are. Yeah. Also got some Oktoberfest on deck. And it looks like Gloria's got the white wine there. Some that, Italian or, Italian the, wine. And speaking hey, of Italiano, tonight's film was directed by a man of Italian heritage, Don Cascarelli. Before we talk about Don and Phantasm, something I like to do when we have a guest on for the first time is, be it films, television, comics, literature, 
what was your first, uh, if I could talk right, like a proper host, what was your first exposure to horror? I think it, it might be weird, but it was more Bruce Lee movies. Ooh. You know, the fighting and the blood, you know, the really red, red blood. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, going after the, the bad guy and killing them. I think for me, that was my first experience with horror, even though that wasn't horror. You know, my parents were very um, protective of what we watched on television, but my mom loved her some Bruce Lee. So ass kicking was all a part of your household. Hell yeah. yeah. Love it. And ass whoopings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, those, those Bruce Lee movies, though, I think if you, if you look at them, I mean, there's a certain level of brutality to some of those. Where oh, I yeah. think you could, I think you could almost slide those into the horror adjacent column mm-hmm. pretty easily. And to your point about the red, red blood, I mean, they really made a point of that. Um, I think that's, I think that's completely fair. They yeah, had that I, Giallo blood, cause they did have the. Giallo yes, they blood. did. Yes, they did. You like that oh. one where he kicks Chuck Norris's ass? Oh, oh, what's is that the one? Enter the Dragon? No, I like that one because when I was eighteen, I got to go to Rome. And I went to the Coliseum and nice. I got to go up that upper deck where they filmed that at. So that was really, really cool. Nice. Yeah. Hell and I yeah. love cool. some Chuck Norris too. And some Jim Jones. And Hell yeah. Jones I like when he pulls his chest hair out. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> you also like it when you do that, Ricky. So that's yeah. maybe not Ricky, the same. He's over there all the time pulling his own chest hair out and shit. Oh, I like it. I like it when someone else pulls it out. It doesn't it doesn't feel the same when I do it. It's not the it same really effect. <laughs> when it comes to horror movies though, I mean you seem to be more the kung fu and that's that's I mean very evident in the movie tonight. But uh horror films, you got some favorites of those? I remember liking Suspiria. Ooh. I used Ooh. to watch Sagrave Ghastly on Saturdays with my mom. And uh, I remember Suspiria, and I, if I remember correctly, it was this girl's home, and there was shit going on upstairs, and the girls were missing one by one, and um, I like those kind. Oh, good afternoon, dear heart. Welcome once again to that ghostly production, Sir Blade Preserve. I am your friendly neighborhood vampire, Sir Blade Gaffney. Each Saturday this time on your TV, too, I bring you tales of the supernatural, ghost stories, monster tales, stories to chill your blood, tales to run fingers of fear up and down your spine. So, my dears, turn out your lights, pull down the shades, draw the drapes, cuddle up in your favorite spot by the telly, and glue your little eyes to your TV screen for today's tale of terror. Flowers in the Attic. I really like that. Uh, even though that wasn't really horror, but the things that was happening to them uh, was pretty horrific. Yeah. Oh, I love like Boris Karloff movies. And, oh. uh, and yeah. I love the Mummy movies. Oh, and uh, the Christopher Lee, the vampire movies with him and Peter Cushing. So I kind of grew up with those. Hammer Horror has always been a blind spot for me. That's something that I need to correct one day. I need to dive into that Hammer Horror real bad. (laughs) OG OG Universal Monsters, the werewolf, the vampires, the Frankensteins. Yes. Yes. You can't, you cannot go wrong there. That is, I mean, that is the first 
what do you want to call it? The first legitimate horror. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, some of the movies, it's like, I mean, you, you watch them now and, and maybe they don't quite, the movies themselves maybe don't quite hold up, but their stories hold up. Yes. And they're I agree. just, they're awesome. They're awesome. That's yeah. why they remake them all the time with just better CGI. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. Yep. Open the floor up. Uh, anyone else got some questions? Oh. Ask me anything. Oh, ask look, me anything. Look, Ricky over there. Look yeah. at him. <laughs> Now that I'm here, I can't talk. I don't know. Oh, I know, Ricky. No. You're like my like one of the favorites when I was listening to the podcast. You, you, you well, go. all you guys are just so intelligent, but I just really liked your humor a lot. You're the okay, funny. You just, you're the funny boy now, Ricky. Now come with the jokes. Make yeah. her laugh. Make her laugh. <laughs> yeah. <on the> show. <laughs> dance, Ricky. Dance. I don't feel right. I'm we- I'm wearing a show in- indoors. I don't know. I know we, we 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 were modest tonight. We made Ricky cover up because normally we all podcast shirtless. <laughs> not not all of us. Well, not all of us. <laughs> the, stra- the strapping lads. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I'll give you that. It's just too much gray hair. It just looks. It just looks like makes me look even paler. So I just I don't. No, I don't want to do that. No. Uh-uh. No. You guys tell me one of your favorite horror movies. Well, Ricky, what's one of your favorite horror movies of all time? Phantasm '79. <laughs> yeah. But but I grew up loving Aliens, the second oh, yeah. of the franchise. Is still one of my all time favorites. That's to a good this one. day. I can throw that movie on any 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 day of the week and be happy. Right, I agree with that. I Endlessly agree. quotable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still, uh, Bill Paxton, my, I got my son watching it and the famous line, they're in the room, man. They're in the oh, room. Yeah. <laughs> Game over, man. Yeah. I love Game that. Yeah. We're in some real pretty shit now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. We, yeah. Ricky and I have gone back and forth. I, I, we could, I think we could probably talk the movie to each other at this point. Couldn't we? Easy. I mean, we could, we could walk it. Easy. Yeah. Your favorites too, Grimes? Aliens? Uh, yes, aliens. Yeah, yeah definitely. Everything yeah. that comes out of a pwn's mouth is gold. For me, and this is just phantasm. And I, I had this realization today. Um, and I actually, I think I had it when I was younger too, but it really came to me today. Watching the first one and then all the subsequent ones, because I honestly think I think every movie is awesome in its own respect. Um, because it's a series of five movies that over time shouldn't have succeeded, but still did. And that's what was awesome because it was people like us that were like, oh, my God, this is awesome. But the thought of the original Phantasm and then the continuing theme going on is that when I was a kid getting into horror and it's like, I mean, what's what's horror about? Horror is about dying. Right. I mean, that's what most of it's about. Phantasm teaches you that there's something worse than dying. <laughs> I mean, and it's like, well, OK, so I'm I'm dead. Right. The, the story's over. Eh, hang on a second. Just, right, right. Just wait. There's gonna be a guy that's gonna come and he's gonna dig your ass up. He's gonna <laughs> he's gonna compact you, send you through the chrome spokes into the nether, and then you're <laughs> then shit gets really bad. <laughs> it's like don't shrink me down, boss. Exactly. No. So it's <laughs> Phantasm no, and, it dabbles it with death ends. and then it plays in the unknown. That's the other great right. fear that I think exactly. right. can introduce is the fear of you don't even know what's coming next. Right, well, it's right. like borderline Lovecraftian, man. It's awesome. I, fuck yeah. yeah! When it comes yeah. to some of my favorite horror movies, I'm gonna go Evil Dead, Texas Chainsaw, Phantasm Three. No, <laughs> <laughs> I watched Texas Chainsaw, 
shows like that, that really bothered me because it was so real. Yeah. And I think that is what gets me the most is what I cannot watch is when it's really, really real. Like I could go down a road, I'm going traveling and then my car stops and, you know, I see this house up on the hill and shit. And as a black woman, I'm going like, fuck no. Right, right. (laughs) You know, it's too far from motherfuckers out on the road. No, no, not happening. And see down here, that's, that's how we grew up. Just fucking right. breaking down, looking at mysterious dark houses and being like, well, I guess I'll take my chances on this one. <laughs> right. I might be cannibalized. I might get a, a full tank of gas. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> or you might get laid. Ooh. You never know. When a horror turns into a horror, a horror turns into a porno. <laughs> a horror turns into a porno. Right. <laughs> well, and you may have this, you may have this in your trivia, but did you know that this movie in 1994 got a theatrical release in Baton Rouge? Yep. What? Yeah, I did you read that? It yeah. did. It got a it got a theatrical release in Baton Rouge and St. Louis. And I'm like, 94. Where where was I in 94? Why wasn't I there? I was, I was six years old. I was watching The Lion King. I was, I was five or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I couldn't make it to that movie. Mom, why didn't you take me to see Phantasm 3 Lord of the Dead? <laughs> I didn't know it got a theatrical release. I think that was one of the saddest things about this film because I was so geeked on like becoming a movie star, you know, being on the big screen, you know, I paid my dues and doing background work and, you know, doing stunt work and body doubling. And I did a lot of shit stuff. And I was like, this is it. This is, I had no money when I auditioned, I was ready to go back to Detroit. You know, I had maybe one more month of rent. My unemployment was about to run out. And my agent was like, you know, I have this audition for you. I'm like, but I ain't going to be here in 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that it didn't go because of what Don told me. I don't know if you know the story of what happened or why it didn't get released. All we all we ever read is creative differences is, is basically what the Internet says. From what I remember, and I, pretty, I think I have a pretty good memory. We were still filming and it was sometime in January when um, the head of distribution was a really good friend of Don Coscarelli's. I mean, they were like real close. So basically anything Don did, it was going to get greenlit. And in January, he told me that his friend and distribution at the head studios died in a plane wreck. Oh, oh my God. Jeez. So we were like, okay, so, you know, sad, of course, but what does that mean? Well, right. they hired some girl who was like 30 years old who didn't know anything about the background of Phantasm, you know, probably never watched, you know, the genre at all. And so she didn't green light it. And so that's the story I'm sticking to because I remember Don telling me that. And uh, I thought that was really fucked up because here my future relied on some white girl who's never seen the horror before. And I want to be the first black female not to die in a horror sci-fi movie, (laughs) you know, and I want to go down that red carpet and shit. And I didn't get a chance to do it. I'm going to say that is that is a tragic part of it. That Well, the person losing their life, you not being able to see that through, although I really hope since then you have. I hope you've seen you on the big screen at some point, somewhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hell, yeah. yeah. Awesome. And Sandy, and Sandy, Santa Monica, they had like a phantasm, you know, respect res- retrospective. Mm-hmm. So they had like, you know, at the time, I think we had four movies for the movies. And so we were all having dinner down in Santa Monica somewhere and we went down to see it. 
But I also saw it at one of the um, uh, the, the screening labs. Uh, that's where I got to meet Jeff Goldblum. And so I said, I have to go. My movie is showing in the next room. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you fucking big timed Jeff Goldblum. Oh, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> that's the best. Yes. But I have to tell you, I've always had the biggest crush on him, like always. And then oh, here I am walking down this hallway, coming from the bathroom. And here is this tall drink of water. And I'm going, oh, my God. And we started talking, you know. And I know when a man is digging on me. And I was like, oh, my God. But I got to go. My movies, you know. And here comes behind him Laura Dern. And that's the chick he was dating at the time. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about a cock block. I mean, it was just. (laughs) (laughs) The Laura Dern cock block, motherfucker. I was like, okay, all right. But that that started something. I kept seeing Jeff all around town for like years to come after that. But yeah, I saw it in the oh, no. from there. <laughs> but Jeff Goldblum it? might pop into this podcast. Uh, yeah. Right. Go He'd ahead like, and bring him on. Bring him on. Here's yeah. Jeff Goldblum. We have him here. <laughs> People always ask me how I pronounce my name, Goldblum or Goldblum. Uh, I always tell them the same thing. How dare you speak to me? Well, but I mean, like, so what is it? What does it mean to you that, you know, all these years later that you have, I mean, because Phantasm is not just a series of movies. Okay. Um, to be perfectly honest, I see Friday the 13th. I see Halloween. I see Netflix on Street as a series of movies. Phantasm is something different to me. It's like a lore or a universe and so many awesome things happen there. So what does it mean to you as the actress that 30 years later, there's a group of people that like love these movies. They they love the uh, they love the series. Exactly, exactly. Cult. And you know are I mean you've got you got you got three guys here that are falling out of their chairs because they're so excited to talk to you because of what that movie meant to them. I mean, how does that it, it, it may be a dumb question, but how does that feel? Like not, I mean it's not a dumb question. Um in the beginning I didn't really feel anything. I was just happy to to get some rent paid. <laughs> you know, and to be working. And I was grateful, not knowing that it wasn't going to be released. So the whole thing, the whole buildup to like, I'm going to have a feature film released, and then it doesn't. So I just go about my normal life, you know, now I have money to stay in LA a little longer. And, you know, hustling, do what I can, commercial stunt work or whatever the case plays. And what I didn't know is how big a fan base one and two had. And so years later, I went to my first Comic-Con and it, these people were just standing in line, you know, and when I walked by, they go, oh, look, that's Rocky. And I was, you know, take it easy, Rickles, take it easy. he's awesome and there's this table and we're all lined up and they got little name plates on it and everything and and the people the diversity of people that I met that could tell me every line that I spoke or like the lines that I ad-libbed um I could just feel the love and then I was going like what the fuck? Like, why have I not been coming in this shit more often? <laughs> you know, I mean, by the time I'd done Phantasm, I stayed in LA a few more years. I moved to uh, Arizona and did some plays. I went back home to Michigan and stayed. Then I moved to New York and I did a lot of stunt work there. And 
Phantasm 4 came out. I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, nobody <laughs> called the system to, you know? And then I moved back to California. We're talking years later. And this is, I think this is probably before. When did cell phones come out? I mean, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the early 2000s or late 90s. Yeah. I don't know. Right, like right. That. So we didn't have fucking cell phones and shit. We didn't have the internet. You know, well, we they probably did enter, you know, maybe something. But, you know, we couldn't, you couldn't Google Gloria Lynn Henry <laughs> for sure. And I lived in New York and I, I was I was in a band for like to, to two years that I was there. But I'm going, I'm doing all of this, not knowing that under all this shit I was doing, people were like freaking out about my movie. Mm-hmm. About wondering like, why in the fuck is she not here at Comic-Con? Like, why can we never see her? Wow. <laughs> Don, you dropped the ball, sir. <laughs> the sphere, if you will. Right, right. Oh. You know, and this, this one guy said to me, he said, um, he said, where have you been, Gloria? And I go, I, I don't, you know, I mean, I was making so much money doing headshots, signing autographs. It was blowing my mind. And then there was this one guy, he didn't speak any English and he was from Japan and he had this huge, I think like 11 by 14, like a, like a, a, a celluloid print almost of, of me. Okay. And, <laughs> you know, I'm going, are you, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you know, he, I didn't even charge him to sign it. <laughs> You're just blown away by the celluloid itself. I, I'm telling you, it was so awesome. And that's when I realized how much people really loved it. And then even, even then years later, I still wasn't invited to comic cons. It actually, I should have been because, you know, Hey, first black people not to die in a horse sci-fi. Like what the fuck? Really? Like why, why aren't you using me? I fucked up and for, as a, I was a bad host and I did not tat bill you as this. I should have done right. that right at the, that's how you're, you are on Instagram. I fucked up big time. Okay. I told you not to embarrass me in front of Gloria. I'm man. so sorry. I, told dude. You not I to. tried my best. I've gotten notes. <laughs> I took all the notes I could. I fucked up anyway. I wanted so. to say this might boost you a little bit when it comes to at the time you didn't know that there was a theatrical release. How about this? In those two markets where that movie played, Baton Rouge and St. Louis, mm-hmm. it was the highest grossing movie in both markets for the two weeks that it played. And in 1995, your film was in the top 100 best-selling home video movies, like direct-to-video films. So when it went on tape, yeah. it it sold like a motherfucker. Like, it was... Nice. Wow. Yeah. The horror crowd was definitely there the whole time. It sucks that the internet wasn't big like it is now, yeah. but... How did how did you get involved with part five? So by then I had already moved back to California after living in uh, New York, and I started raising a family up in Valencia, and uh, got married. Really into being a wonderful, fantastic mom, hmm. and Woo-woo. then Don called me, <laughs> <laughs> and he just said, you know. I think before that, there was some a reading, maybe two years before that. So we did this reading where they wanted me to die. So I had to like act, you know, I had to, you know, die in Jody, Jody's, yeah, Jody's arms and shit. I was like, what the fuck? You guys still don't get it. They don't want me to die. No, we don't. <laughs> no. no. Hell no. Hell no. Even in the screening, before three came out, we were in the audience at it. This way, I just see another one, big one like that. So, um, and afterwards they had a Q&A. And so they asked about my character and the house said, no, we don't want her to die. 
That's so right. Like, so I think I'm getting a little high. Yeah. <laughs> good. Embrace it. Roll with it. Roll with it. Well, and the beauty of the beauty of three to be, and this is this is just for me as a fan. The beauty of three is we finally get a female character that came in was an absolute badass and did not get turned into cannon fodder. Side tangent, I still don't get how the bald ice cream man with the ponytail gets laid so much. I still don't get that. He didn't get um, laid in this fucking movie. Right. Well, no, what well, happened? In his dreams, he did. In, in your his dreams, Rich. In his dreams, he did. But that was the awesome part. It's like, he finally was like, nope, nope. And, but you had a, finally had a badass female character that could carry this shit all the way through to the end. But then there was a point where it was like, this shit is ridiculous. You know, like, like who would keep doing this? You gotta be nuts. She, I gotta go. She, she I gotta rolled, go. Right. She rolled I gotta out. go. And I gotta Very do my. Smart, man. Yeah. I, li- oh, I love absolutely. that. I love absolutely. that bit like, of character. Nobody would right. hang out for this. Nobody would hang out for right. this long term, except for, except for Reggie and Mike and I suppose Jody to an extent. I mean, just, <laughs> no. it was so fun to actually have a character that, like, because you kept waiting for it. It's like, okay, when does she get fed into the meat grinder? When does she get, <laughs> no. and it's like, and she doesn't. In the end, she's like, you know what? You're all nuts. I'm getting the, I'm getting the hell out of here. Finally we have finally we have a female character that's got a set of balls, a set of brains. And I, just, I had sexuality. Yes. Definitely. Oh, just Absolutely. A, just a little a, a little. A little bit. Yeah. Just a, <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> I'm not gonna argue with that. I a little, little bit, a lot of bit, cuz. I like the fact I like the fact that she's so tough, but still so feminine. In the sexuality, because okay. like it's it's in the style, it's in the style. And my wife, my wife actually pointed out too. That's another thing that she likes about the character. Yeah, I didn't want to be too manly looking, right? But I love I love my fade though. The fade and is great. I mean, yes. At the time, I was the only one rocking a fade in Hollywood as a woman. <laughs> right, right. I was gonna and say, was... wait, Wesley Snipes had the fade too, though. <laughs> Yeah, but he did. He's wow. not. He's not one of the Walmerns. He's not a okay. woman. No, no, no. But I'm just saying he had that fade. Yeah, and so but, I took a lot of inspiration from him as as well because when I would go to auditions, you know, I had hair. I didn't have a weave. I never got the weave. I had my regular hair. I'd go get it pressed and curled, and then I, that it got to be expensive, so I got a perm. And I had a fabulous hairdresser, but then I was dating this one guy named Otis, and he nice. was an ex-Marine. And oh. <laughs> I think we see where this is going. Yep. <laughs> Actually, he's the one that helped me learn how to use the knife and any military um, style stance or, or or move. He would try to help me be a little more authentic. See, that's what happens, you know, when you give a little ass, you get, you get, you know, nice returns. <laughs> <laughs> it ironically works the same way for me. It's kind of crazy, but I agree with you. Um, oh, no, no. Well, you're, you're giving us the behind the scenes on how you developed your character right now. I'm digging this. Like you were yeah. learning how to use the knife from your, your ex-boyfriend who was in the military. Wait, no, when he told me to cut your cut my hair off. I was like, what the fuck? You know, this is Hollywood. Everybody has hair, right? He said, you need to cut your hair off. He says, you got a beautiful face. He says, you need to just walk in there and give them face, Gloria. And, you know, of course, you know, he had a little influence over me. And uh, I just started cutting my hair shorter and shorter. And then I got the fade. 
And I would be, and before the movie, I had to go to the barber every week. And let me tell you, I went to the brothers, I think it's Brothers Barber and um, uh, Crenshaw, the Magnificent Brothers. To be a woman in that setting every week and hear the brothers talk, you know, I mean, the knowledge that they drop, I mean, that alone was invaluable. And they all treated me like a queen when I would come in there. You know, I would get my same barber, right? And he, I would show him the picture of, you know, the first haircuts and make sure you get it just like that, line it up. It, it was so loving how they treated me at being in there because I respected their space. They, I wasn't going to tell them stop cussing because I'm a girl, you know, none of that shit. Um, right, right. You know, it was a great learning experience. And, and Wesley Snipes was the person I had in mind when I said, who else can I emulate? And, you know, he's a bad motherfucker. Fuck, right. Yeah. <laughs> Takes one to know one, eh? There Hell you go. Yeah. When you were cast, how much malleability did you have with the character? Was Don kind of one of those guys that's like, you know, let's do it how it is on the page, kind of stick to the script? Or was he much more collaborative and letting people make choices, decisions about their character or even maybe even about the scenes? Or Because you said you ad-libbed some lines. So that's what made me kind of go down that trail a little bit. I think, in my personal opinion, I think Don didn't know who he wanted for Rocky he just knew he wanted a female, a black female character in it. And so being in that audition and then the five callbacks, I'm talking, I've seen every shade of sister, every hair texture of sister, <laughs> imagine, you know, and I kept getting called back. And when I, when I got it, Don was very like, listen, this who she is, feel free. You know, there was dialogue that, I read and I go, no, Rocky wouldn't say that. <laughs> okay. Um, like one, for instance, that comes to mind is when, you know, the zombie girl, uh, and I, and I have a fight in the mausoleum on the balcony. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, she's, she's got Reggie, but, you know, headlock behind him. And I come in and I say, hands off my boy. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Don had it, you know, hands off my man. <laughs> and I, I know it's very subtle. But I said, no, that ain't her man. And right, I didn't, right. he was trying to maybe insinuate that, you know, going forward. I was like, nah, nah, that, that's a boy. That's a boy. Oh. That's even in, in the Coliseum. Coliseum? I'm so Mausoleum, mausoleum. Yeah, yeah. I'm there with you. I'm there with you. Nightclub. So you changed, you changed that line. I changed the whole intent of that line. I could have gone along with it, right? My first big feature fan. I'm not going to said, yeah, what the fuck? I'm happy to be here. Whatever you want me to say, <laughs> you know, but I didn't. And he allowed us to do that. And it was such a gift or just certain military situations where my friend Otis would tell me, well, you really wouldn't do that because I would read the script to him and stuff. And so I would go on and I would try to adjust my blocking uh, or maybe add a word or two that would fit her coming into a room. Because a lot of time I had a sister coming into a room not saying nothing. I go, well, I think I need to say something here. <laughs> oh, hell yes. She was oh, a force. Yeah. yeah, she didn't. Uh, she never came off as a character that walked into a room quiet. Right. No, she right. had to, She yes, she had to make her presence known. She's on her ground. She's stand hard. She's just going to do what she's doing. And despite what you may want to think. And that's that, that, that's awesome to hear that that got changed. Because that would have been completely different. Yeah. It, wow. It wow. 
know, it would have insinuated something, and you know what? It wouldn't have made much sense with based on how your character leaves. So, right. I'm, it's a good thing you did change that line. That is fucking awesome. Right? Because I mean, I really, I I really can't leave my man, but nah. I can leave the boy. You can leave that boy, right? right. right. Yeah, you can leave that yeah. boy though. That no, boy that, gone. Yeah. That boy there. <laughs> but I gotta go. <laughs> The way she looks around yeah. and hugs him and like, all right, enough of that shit. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's the yep. best. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. No. I... At that moment, I thought, and you guys are really making me go down memory lane. This is awesome. Then I thought, okay, it's dark as hell out here. And we're literally in Compton where all the, you know, dead people are. And we're on the road. And this white boy goes to give me a very meaningful hug. <laughs> and I'm going like, <laughs> you know like yeah okay i can hug you all right all right well real quick let's get it over with <laughs> you know i don't want to be, you know, be, be caught with you but you know you're all right you're all right i want to write a ballad for, like, a, like a blues ballad for reggie and it's like it's going to be called the hug in compton yeah. it's going to be all about it's going to be all about his time with rocky and how he tried so hard sleeping Man. bags Hotel rooms, mm. even in okay. his dreams, he never could. Reggie's he put a worked. kid out in the car, bro. <laughs> Reggie, Reggie yeah. was kind of yeah. a scumbag, bro. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, and he got that he got that smirk from the kid. Even the kid's like, dude, come dude, on. <laughs> like, yeah, like you're not gonna... <laughs> that was spectacular. That scene actually was the first day on the set, was that sex scene. Really? Well, way to start you off with a bang. Not to, uh, yeah. But I mean, that was, that was, day, that was day one. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I suppose it's probably all easy, easy peasy from there. I mean, yeah, that's got to be Jesus. the bonding experience. I think that's right. why they did it. Bondage yeah. experience. <laughs> the voyeurism in that scene is uh, unparalleled. Jody's a perv. I'm just going to say right now. So we're like in this airplane hangar filming. And within the airplane hangar, you know how you have many sets. And so this was the hotel four room set, right? And um, weeks before I had gone to, I think it was Trashy Laundry, I think, or not Trashy, um, Victoria, whatever was on Hollywood Boulevard back then with Don. So Don and I went to the lingerie shop because he wanted to make sure I had the right lingerie. So I was very careful about what I picked because, you know, I don't want to, you know, thong and a bra. I'm like, no, I'm not trying to hear that. So the blue satin was totally Uh. my choice and Dawn loved it. So we're on the set and between the flats, you know, you can see crew hammering, you know, sawing. You can hear shit going on, right? And on this side, the, the fourth wall, uh, it was Don, you know, the the AD and, you know, the cinematographer. They're all sitting there in their little, and the script girl with the books in their hand behind the monitors. And here's Reggie and I about to do doggy style. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on all fours. And, you know, we had to practice what we was going to practice. And Don said, you want to just go through what you're going to say? Because there was no lines. <laughs> right, right. And I go, no. I think I got this. <laughs> and he said, you just want me to shoot it? I go, shoot it. Now, mind you, my first day. And you see how much, how generous he was with us? Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. You know? So when the the clap girl, whoever says, you know, <laughs> quiet on the set, I'm quiet in the background, everybody stops. 
stop hammering, oh. stop talking. It's like dead silence in this huge <laughs> hangar. So everyone can hear everything. <laughs> hear all the exhales. <laughs> so I had to say to myself, just go for it. You know, you watch all those reality shows and stuff and people like half ass do shit to try to win a hundred thousand dollars. It's like, what the fuck? Just do the shit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And so action. Honey, I moaned and groaned and Reggie had his hands on my hips and I told him before, I actually told him, oh, it's funny, I told him to hold ice. So he, had the, the craft service girl gave him a cup of ice to hold. And so he said, what's this for? I said, I want your hands cold. And oh, he's like, no shit. So we started going, right? And then, so that was one take. So we didn't do any boob take yet. And Don was like, yeah, that's really good. Okay. And so then he came over to me. He said, listen, people in Europe, they like the TNA, you know? <laughs> I mean, he said it in such a nice way. Like, listen, you want to sell this shit in Europe. So are we going to get a little tick? <laughs> <laughs> if, he, if he'd have asked it like that, how would it have right. gone down? <laughs> <laughs> But I knew what he was talking about. And I said, yeah, we're good. He said, you want to practice it? I said, no. So <laughs> we go to do another take. Dead silence. Reggie, right before she says action, he gives the cup to, you know, uh, someone off camera. And he starts going. And then my I drop my shoulder on purpose so that the spaghetti strap would, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm just... I close my eyes and open my eyes. I go like, who's the finest motherfucker I can think about? Reggie Bannister. <laughs> Reggie Bannister, clearly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man, I'm wanting to make nightclub jokes right now. Angus exactly. Grimm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I was really, really feeling Reggie. And yeah. his dreams, mind you. And... And so I let it go, honey, and he would grab my breast. And as soon as you grab breast with Cole's hands, your nipple gets hard. And so I wanted that because I have really great perky titties. And I really wanted that side profile. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's how that scene happened. It's an amazing scene. I'm not going to lie. It, it, yeah. Yep. Yep. It is beautiful it right leaves, there. Cause... It leaves an impression. Yes. Leaves an impression for <laughs> <Yes>. sure. <clears throat> Bravo. And, it's, and it's such a and it's such a a, a great it's also funny. dream sequence yeah. as well too it's a funny scene. It, it, it plays so well into male fantasy mm-hmm. just the way you, you reggie you're so big love it it's so and great when he, when he pulled back i was like well i would be upset right <laughs> <laughs> I'm and it's just me, maybe, but I'm looking at. So the scene is sexual and it's sensual, right. but I'm 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 seeing Reggie, but I'm like, all right, Reggie, but I'm a I'm a all right, Reggie's out of here. But then Jody shows up, and I'm like, all right, Jody, you're always there. You're there every time <laughs> I leave the house. So right? now, now now he's in the background of this fucking scene, and I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> what is happening right now? And you disappeared. Desert cock plug from yeah. Jody. <laughs> J- J- Jody, Jody, Laura Dern, the shit out of him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Reggie just would have like, I think he would have humped a not 
not holding a fence at that point. Like he was like <laughs> fired up. And that was well, I mean, going through the first two, it's like, and I still don't get how the ice cream man, the balding ice cream man with the ponytail, like just keeps getting the ass. I just don't that's get what, it. That's I just, what happens in these horror I movies. Just, it's for geeks like us, man. Right, <laughs> I right. think that's a big part of why I had long hair when I was young. I just because I thought that it would like help. <laughs> I thought it, I thought I thought it would help. <laughs> I'll tell Reggie that next time I talk to him. <laughs> I will tell him. Yeah, tell him he was the. I mean, he was the. He was the onus of a lot of guys having long hair just because they hoped that it would. Wow. You know, ice cream right. man's walking by. Reggie Bannister, <laughs> the ladies' man. <laughs> yeah, the ice cream man. Oh, Holy hell yes, shit. he was. Hell yes, he was. Well, he, but he was a soft soul, too, though. He really was, if you think about him. He was a soft soul. His character was just, you know. Right. And but he, he rose to the occasion. You know, he his courage had no bounds. Who would have known that this, you know, meek ice cream guy would be able to save the world, basically. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. No, awesome. always. Yeah. That's Basically awesome. become That's the awesome. Ash Williams of Phantasm, you know? Yes. Yes. And I, I, I want to dive into that. Um, And I had that trivia lined up, but I found out it wasn't for part three, which I thought it was. <laughs> it was actually for part four. There, there was there was a Travis. whole. Uh, I, hey, I fucked up. What do you want? Second fuck up tonight. Yeah, we got to club. turn you around and spank you, Travis. Yes. <laughs> I, will take a spanking. I will take a spanking freely. Warm <laughs> in her hands up. What's that? What's he, that leather? He he would like thing? he would like the hands cold. Yeah, grab a cup of ice first. <laughs> I've, all this, I've, I've learned some things. I've learned some things tonight. With with all the things we've learned, all the cold hands and ass whoopings, <laughs> I want us to begin tonight's midnight ritual. In order to watch this film properly, you're going to have to head to the nearest mausoleum, find the lady in lavender. Don't fuck her because she's going to turn into the tall man and stab you to death. What you're going to want to do is get a pink hearse, all right, and flip it, blow it up a lot of times. That's what that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. So if you have not seen tonight's film, Phantasm Three: Lord of the Dead, then cry off now. You bastards! Why are you torturing me like this? Why? Phantasm 3 Lord of the Dead is a 1994 American science fantasy horror film written and directed by Donna Coscarelli. The film stars Angus Scrimm as the tall man, Reggie Bannister as Reggie, A. Michael Baldwin as Mike, (laughs) Bill Thornberry as Jody, Kevin Connors as Tim, and of course... Gloria Lynn Henry as fucking Rocky. <laughs> the only yeah. black female character never to die in a science fiction horror movie. There you go. Haha, <laughs> did it. Yay. <laughs> the basic gist of this sequel is the tall man is still at large. He's roaming the country. He's amassing an army of hooded dwarves while being pursued by Reggie and Mike from the previous films. As Grindhouse mentioned, this movie had a two week a theatrical run in the markets of Baton Rouge and St. Louis, where it was, as also previously mentioned, the highest grossing film in both markets while it ran and went on to be one of the highest grossing direct-to-video titles of 1995. In this sequel, we have for the first time 
in this series where the characters refer to the dwarves as lurkers. Mm. How do you, how do we feel about, cause I like, we've been calling them Jawas, but I think that's, <laughs> yeah. I think the that's a popular Jawas. thing to call. Yeah. Uh, I've heard other people refer to them as such, and it makes sense because this movie came out like two years after star Wars. So the, the original one did anyway. Were, did did you know about the alternate ending, Gloria, that was filmed for this movie but not used? Yes, I did. Do you not know what the alternate ending? I've re- I've only read it. I'd, I've never seen it, but apparently it was filmed. So what did you read? I, I read in case <laughs> Reggie and Tim travel to Alaska, and there Reggie digs a small hole in the ice, and Tim places a little case containing the tall man's gold sphere, the one that came out of his head um inside the box and so reggie puts like a plaque over it and seals it up and the plaque reads here lies the tall man r.i.p which is just kind of funny i think that'd be funny that they made a little thing for him after he's been their nemesis and killed their fucking families and everything like rest in peace tall man we will miss you and then reggie says now all we have to worry about is global warming and then they walk off (laughs) (laughs) and he was right (laughs) ding 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 Travis it's a gold star (laughs) we've got we've got this little bit of trivia and I'm gonna say it because it's just it's just so fucking true and it's the third time tonight once is an edit last time was legit this is the the third time Rocky played by Gloria Lynn Henry is the only female character in the series that does not die or turn out to be a minion of the tall man. You pick me up on the side of the road, I kick a little ass, and I get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Grindhouse, you had some CUDA trivia, cuz? So, 71 Plymouth CUDA. Obviously, completely badass car. They wreck a couple of these in a the movie, which, as a car guy, just breaks my heart <laughs> watching the car right. just get destroyed. So going back to like 2007, 2008, when muscle cars had their heyday, do you realize that that car, if it was in concourse condition, was worth $1.2 million? Damn. Yikes. Yeah. And even today now, wow. coming back, things are adjusted. We're, we're back down to reasonable numbers. Like if you, <laughs> if you wanted to buy one of those cars, it would cost you $350,000. No wonder Joe Bob was so fucking pissed that he didn't show Phantasm 2 on his fucking a very Joe Bob Christmas special, eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was mad yeah. about the Kudas getting destroyed. He was pissed. And, he's, uh, he's mad at your movie, Gloria. Listen, <laughs> I didn't even know what a Kuda was. <laughs> okay. Me, me neither. <laughs> me neither. <laughs> I did not know. They didn't, they didn't break one in this movie, though. They didn't break right. one in this movie. They did but not. They were, so that was good. That was good. And, but they were very, particular about the cuda when it came on set oh there's the cat there's the cat there's the cat glory you might see a cat's asshole it happens yeah (laughs) it's on your grindhouse (laughs) (laughs) you get pussy Uh, all the time (laughs) (laughs) it's biting the pussy's biting him oh shit (laughs) (laughs) oh there it is while grindhouse wrangles his cat uh Let's segue over and get into our fucking breakdown of Phantasm 3. The film opens with a montage of the previous movies, revealing Mike's brother Jody had been killed in a car accident and that these two had taken it upon themselves to take down the tall man. 
Although they were seemingly successful in killing him, another tall man enters our world through his portal, and we get our title card, Phantasm 3. This this whole opening, fucking awesome. It, it does what I think, like, some of the Friday movies do, where they kind of re, like, catch you back up to what the story is, and because these movies kind of came out basically every decade, like, you got the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, catch catch the fans up a little bit, give them a, a refresher on, on what's happening in this this epic saga i thought by far phantasm 3 had the best catch-up montage than most series because if you never watched one and you never watched two it catches you up and then it leads you right into like oh okay new people new okay and it makes you after you watch three go you know what i want to go back and watch i want to see one and i want to see two Mm -hmm. you know to see how we got there with the sister yeah Right. Because it's coming, cuz. That's yeah. where we're going with this motherfucker. I love that this movie does pick up right where part two left off, the same way yeah. part two did with part one, where yeah. Reggie's being dumped out of the fucking hearse on the highway only to see it explode in like a second. Right. This is phantasm logic. We're in phantasm logic land now, immediately off the bat, and I love it because. Right. Your nationality, Travis, if you don't mind me asking. Cajun. <laughs> Don't laugh, you son of a bitch. We're a recognized minority. We are a recognized minority, I'm just saying. I know you're mixed with something. You're not, you You weren't, you know, your whole family line isn't Cajun, right? You did, you did come from somewhere, oh, right? I'm white. Yeah, I'm a white dude. <laughs> <Did you? laughs> hey, 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 you have such passion. I'm Cajun. Yeah. And, then, and then you say, like, yeah, I guess I'm just, I guess I'm just. I white. mean, well, when you want to break it down, I, I mean, it's boring, it's boring to be like, I'm white. Because I am right. Cajun, I've got a I've got a heritage, and I've got all kinds of shit right. behind that. They yeah, kicked like, us out of Canada. A yeah, me and Ricky Bo. Yeah, yeah, it's the they best. Fucked us up. Like, my like real that, heritage. Like, they is kicked like us out of Canada, French. then they made us stop speaking French, dude. Like they yeah. were like, "No, fuck you. Yeah. You got to learn English." Two percent, two percent French, twelve percent crawdad, eighteen percent alligator, and the rest of it is just hillbilly, right? That, no, that, we that, don't have hills. We here. don't We've have been hills. Over this well, but it's, it's still yeah, a I wouldn't consider them hillbillies. I wouldn't consider Cajun people hillbillies at all. You need to go further east, north, north and east. North, yes, east, all that yeah. way, all of it. Yeah, all the Appalachia area. It's it's just prairie and wetlands. That's all That's, it is. They, 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 the world does not understand our plight. We just right. call them we just call him Swamp Daddy. He's just our Swamp Daddy. That's what he is. No, my 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 heritage, my fucking bloodline, I guess, would be like French. There's probably some German, maybe some Italian, some Spanish. Do you even know, Travis? Are you? No, guessing? I I'm guessing. I'm guessing Don't based. Get it. Don't no, get it. I'm, I'm I'm only guessing based on where Cajuns come from. So I know that the Normans invaded, and they were Germanic tribes. They invaded France, and then those people migrated over to Canada, got kicked out for whatever fucking reason and that's where i'm at my people decided to, to settle in a swamp hill full of fucking mosquitoes i don't know why right. they did that shit eating, here eating weird crustaceans and just yeah you should get tested you should, get tested. You should find out yeah, he should, he should get tested for a whole bunch of reasons but just not that yeah I, I'm, a, I'm on medication sir I know my problems. <laughs> I, I bet you do. <laughs> Are we all on medication right now? Right? Is that- True. Oh, um. Herbal yes. supplement. I'm so sorry. Phantasm three. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm having so much fun, guys. Um, Reggie faces off with a Jawa and blows it to pieces with his quad barrel. Yes, he does. Liz, she's dead. 
chick from part two. Who cares? She's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That I love that scene. I want (laughs) to, I want to point out because you mentioned the, the dream logic. I mean, the dream logic's always been in the franchise, but it really goes hardcore in part three because Reggie also picks up the shotgun off of the ground outside when in part two, he dropped it in like the fucking basement of the mortuary. (laughs) So it's another thing that's like, Let's go. We got Phantasm Dream Logic. It's shit like that that I love to know now, and it makes this better. It makes this series better that it's like that. Right. I'm not even kidding because of, like you say, and it carried on from the first film. Now it's a theme. Yeah. It's It's, always been there, but it really becomes thematic now. Oh, dude. That's such a fucking great way to put it. The quad barrel is, hands down, the best horror movie weapon ever. That quad barrel. It's up there. It's definitely up there. There's nothing. It's definitely a contender. Uh, I want to hear about the nunchucks, though. Why did you land on nunchucks specifically? Well, I did not land on them because I didn't know how to use a nunchuck. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So it was written in the script. She, who is Rocky, will have nunchucks for a weapon. So I had to learn. We had uh, Bob Brady, Bob Hardy. I think he, he was our, my stunt coordinator. He would come up to my apartment in West Hollywood and he would teach me, you know, a lot of the, the staging for the different scenes that I had to fight in. And uh, that was my first experience with stunts. And he was so good at it. He was so good. And he's also a martial artist, ex-military guy. Yeah, so he, he had the nunchucks. I'm going, okay, so I don't know what to do with him. And he taught me, you know, how to, you know, maybe over my shoulder a little bit, but I kept knocking myself out and stuff. Like, <laughs> That's what I feel like I would do. Con- so when I kept hitting something in the head, he gave me some padded ones. You know, I was like, oh, okay. Got a little neoprene on, wrapped around. Okay, good. But then, you know, and they were lighter and I could really do the tricks. And then I did this one thing with my finger. You see in the movie where I take the nunchucks and I rolled them in front of my waist and I rolled them back with just one hand. And I learned that from my mom, who is, who was a baton uh, majorette in, you know, in the, in the fifties. And Mr. Hardy stopped and said, how did you do that? I go like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and he thought it was kind of cool. So I started adding a little like, bam, bam, bam. And so that's how they came to be incorporated a lot more because it's written that she has nunchucks. I got to learn how to fucking use nunchucks. But the only thing about that was just kind of bad. I think at the time, London didn't show movies that had nunchucks in them. What? Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, it was really weird. I, kept saying, I heard that. I go, am I hearing that shit right? What is that, man? You know, so they would either blur out the scene or they wouldn't have the movie come in. Think about it. How many movies had nunchucks? I mean, I could be crazy. I know, I know I'm, I'm, I'm another level plane right now, but that's definitely what I remember. And so I was like, people in Britain won't get a chance to see my ass? <laughs> After you done did the fucking opening scene, son of a bitch, the, nun t- the nunchucks do you in. Right. God the damn it. Go, they, they, they look, look at my titty all day long with those nunchucks now. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's some crude ass shit in a weird ass way. Uh, right. So somewhere in Hollywood or Hollyweird or whatever you want to call it, there's somebody who is thinking about Phantasm Six. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope that I am alive to see it because having Rocky come back, I, right. I, 
So the, then, the, the night the nightclub's first Patreon or Kickstarter or Indiegogo is gonna be Phantasm Six. The bitch is back, and it's gonna be fucking uh, Gloria. However much you need, helping helping (laughs) Reggie along, being like, "Hey, man, I even have an idea of of an opening scene, and I don't want to say it, but I pitched it um, at a comic con to Don. You know, I said this would really be a good opening, and it definitely opened with. Okay, I'll tell you this much. Okay, this is what my idea was. Okay, you know the usual. shots of the desert and shit you know and then the camera's panning into like this building and in this building you can't see what's going on but you hear you hear people moving and doing flips you can tell they're athletic you know and then the camp it's really actually Reggie's POV as he's walking into this place you can hear it's almost like a training camp for young kids and he's walking up on me on my on his POV and you only see my back and I'm yelling at somebody up this rope that's touching the ceiling and shit. And then, <laughs> God, if you guys steal this shit, <laughs> okay. No, no. Um, you, you, you would be part of a project, I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, I turn around and I have this look on my face like, like, where the fuck you been? <laughs> <laughs> so the kid comes down the rope, right? And he's like stops and he's like this Adonis of a kid. You can tell he's biracial, right? And he says, very protective, Ma, who's this? And I go, you know, Reg. And he was like, Dad? Oh, oh shit, really? Oh, oh. And that's all you need. You don't need no more sex scenes or nothing. That, that. No, no. But like, that. okay. So, so Reggie got busy. Okay. You heard it here first. It could turn that, out that is all these kids are like the orphans from all the towns that the tall man has run through, and and they're training there to fight the tall man. Rocky's I'm fucking the, oh yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And this would be a dope part six, dude. Oh. And like oh. there's kids doing parkour in the background and shit. <laughs> nice. You now flipping over shit. People, you know, getting lifted up. You know, all this shit's going on in the peripheral. There's a little Tim Memorial somewhere in the background. (laughs) Tiny Tim Memorial. (laughs) Tell me where to send my money. (laughs) So Liz is dead. Mike is in need of rescuing. (laughs) Reggie Reggie springs to action and he one shots. I know I got to dive back into it. I'm sorry. Into a bunch of dwarves. (laughs) They're all falling out trees. Up in the trees, just one shot and he got them all. Like that the was a duck, like the duck hunter's dream. Yeah. That was crazy. That was yeah. crazy. This is to no avail, however, as more <laughs> dwarves surround him and the tall man comes to claim Mike. Reggie yeah. threatens the use of a grenade, so the tall man decides to wait and tells Reggie, take good care of him. Of him. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude. Dude, what that's is... a crazy grenade, too. It's like, eep, eep. It's, yeah. I like when the tall man said, I don't want him in pieces. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the weirdest, like, the weirdest, like, techno grenade ever. Like, it has a switch, like, and then we're going. And he's like, eight seconds to hell. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Glorious point. I don't want him in pieces. So I'll wait. How smart oh. the tall man really is when you think about it. You know, he had all those minions. He could have killed, ate everybody's faces off. You know, <laughs> there was wow. something that he wanted, and he was willing to go. Okay, I'm gonna back off for now. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, he's like the fucking IRS. He's patient as hell. He's just <laughs> waiting. <laughs> like I'll, I'm gonna get your money. Doesn't matter. I'm gonna get your money. Oh god, yeah. 
Sometime after this, Mike is recovering in the hospital while the tall man bides his time in a dark candlelit lair, holding a silver sphere that contains a human brain. Like, this shit is wild. What the fuck? This was probably one of the weirdest moments where it's like, you actually consider that the spheres have people in them. Yeah, like, right. like, or at least like super condensed people in them. At this point yeah. in the lore of the, of these movies, we don't know anything about the spheres. We know that they're controlled by the tall man. We're not aware of the, like, what they, what they even really, we don't know what the fuck they even are, but it turns out in this mm-hmm. movie, they contain human brains. The yep. tiny, yeah, the tiny dwarf brains. We're going to find that out later towards the, towards the end, but it, it's cool that they, they, they're still building on the lore, even, even in the third film, like, like giving you little nuggets here and there, but it just it sparks more questions, <laughs> Ricky. It just made and, me yeah. different, you know, spheres. It was like, what the fuck? We didn't think a brain was in there. He's sitting there caressing it with his thumb and shit. Right. Yeah. He was petting like, it. So there's yeah. like various types of spheres. And I remember on one set one day, the guy who made them all, he had came out. We're doing a lot of different scenes with the sphere. He had every sphere shape possible with different apparatuses coming out and shit. You know, it was like this cornucopia of spheres. (laughs) (laughs) Outstanding. Oh, well, those spheres have always been like such a part of the lore, but they're also, I think, I mean, it's like Jason's machete or Freddy's claw or whatever else. Those spheres are like, they're the killer in this That's whole thing. That's really fucking are... weapon, man. Hell yeah. yeah. Yep. While Mike's dreaming in his hospital bed, some nurse is encouraging him to go toward the light. Yeah, right. Yeah, and... Mike has the worst sleep apnea ever, man. <laughs> Watching him jerk around and struggle. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> he had the hell of a rim sleep. He was like, oh, like... Yeah. <laughs> He's seeing the light. He meets Jody in this astral plane where he ventures further. And Jody's like, Mike, where are you going? Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, Jody's trying. Jody's Bill, trying. Bill Thornberry, I love you, but I still, you're Jody, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you're trying. You're trying. Thank He's you. doing his thing, and I love it. I love doing it. Your thing. It's, it's, it's doing it for me as well. Mm-hmm. And he's like, don't. Don't go. <laughs> well, he fucking goes, and the tall man is there waiting for him. Yeah, you have that. You have the first in this movie, except for the flashbacks. You have the first boy. Yes, my best buddy fucking appeared to me in a dream. Okay, don't go to the light. Don't go to the light. He got his mask on and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. The nurse is saying, "Go to the light. Go to the light." Okay, then you get out, you get rescued from the light in your dream, and then now you're on a road and you're seeing your brother all inside of a tree. It's like, you know, <laughs> he's trying to tell you something. Okay. Yeah. Stop the car. Stop the car. It's like, don't get out the car. Keep fucking going. <laughs> yeah. That's like the epitome of every horror movie. Just don't stop. Don't stop. Keep going. Whenever Just run that bitch like, over. Yeah. they they could have done that to the fucking nurse because when when mike wakes up she's all evil dead on his ass she's a full dead eye yeah Yeah. dude that's i got this from so many scenes in this movie and that's why i thought even more that this was tied to lord of the dead but it's not movie has big evil dead vibes yeah and big hellraiser vibes with the lighting 
Yeah. The way when the tall man's coming, how everything lights up in the background, like like it's ethereal. Big Fuck Hellraiser yeah. vibes. Dude, I yeah. love that fucking shit. Yeah, well, and then Jody pops off and becomes like a sphere. He becomes his own sphere. And he's just kind of flying around. And then there's a moment where he's like, get behind me. And I'm like, dude, you're like a fucking ball of tinfoil. What the fuck are you? <laughs> like, 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 what are you going to do? Like, but Oh, yeah, that's the scene where they're like, they, they say that line. That's what I was pulling from where they're like, so Jody... Yeah. yeah, Reggie Reggie comes in and, and they're in the Reggie's house, right? And they're 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 getting like weapons and shit. Yeah. And 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 Reggie's like he sees Jody just sitting there. He's like, What are you doing here? You're dead. <laughs> and Jody's like, Yeah, what else is new? <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, dude, he turns into a fucking sphere, which is new this is new to the franchise. If I'm if I'm being honest, I think the Jody Sphere aesthetic is my favorite. It's awesome. I, I like the tarnished yes. look to it. When yeah. it had the tarnish, but it was also then later it became a, a completely black sphere. Mike was right. That shit yeah. was so fucking dope. And you see that lends to so many different spheres. That tall man, I mean, he got spheres that give a virtual image of someone, you know, fears that come out of like humans' heads, you know. It's like it, it's it's a whole it's it's crazy how many. So that it goes back to when you guys had a podcast and you were talking about who would win, like Pumpkinhead and shit like that. You know, mm-hmm. I was... don't think it took into the fact that his spears were like, and you let him have this weapon, you know. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's some, those spears are some bad shit. I mean, yeah. you know. Hey, didn't the tall man win that? No, Jack Black won. No, he was Jack under the Black ring. did because he hit yeah. under the ring. Yeah, he hit under that, the that, ring. That's where we landed. <laughs> that was not, look. Gloria, I love that you listened to that episode. Thank you so much. Um, yes, we had an awesome. Thank you. That was uh, shout out to Poltergeist OD. We 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 had that segment based on all the rap songs he's made about horror icons, and one of them was the Tall Man, and it was called Lord of the Dead. Lord of the Dead. Lord of the Dead. Lord of the Dead. You could wake up in the coroner's bed. This is the hour for mourning and dread. Drain on the blood that was stored in his head. Jody gets transformed into his sphere form. Mike is um, whisked away by the tall man, so he's gone. Reggie gets knocked out, and the next morning he wakes up to Jody's sphere and sees the burnout part of his hallway where the portal was. I thought that was fucking cool, like some kind of physical yes. remains of yeah. the, the, the cosmic magic at hand here. With Mike gone, Reggie's got no choice but to listen to the sphere, which utters one word. Holtzville. <laughs> Holtzville. <laughs> It's Holtzville. <laughs> Go to Holtz, Holtz, Holtzville. He's just, just screaming it. Well, then he has that he has that moment where he's like, "God damn!" Now I'm talking to this thing. <laughs> so, like, but as he's gathering up his gear and whatever else, then he's like, eh, and then he puts it in his backpack. Like, this is going to be useful later. And like, I I totally dug that. Like, he's he's not quite believing, but he's also like, well. I can't be too put off by this because this is like, it's kind of like what's happening. His reality. Yeah, exactly. Like he's embracing the magic eight ball moment, right? Like <laughs> the magic eight ball is talking to me. What shit else he got to do? Okay. Right. The world has gone to hell. You know, it's like you're, you're fighting, you know, beings in a mausoleum. What else you got to do? <laughs> well, I, I seriously, like kind of nothing, but it's like, so much of this of these movies like takes place in small towns that I think most of us 
like wouldn't even drive past if we had to. Like we just we'd fly over them just because that's how we're from those small towns, sir. What the well, fuck? I, yeah, I grew up well, in I know. a small town. Though. Well, I know you did. I know I did. So you know, Louisiana. What up? Yeah, um, Mamuka. Yeah, yeah. Mamuka, <laughs> the big move. The big move. But so much of these movies takes place in these towns where it's like it's honestly kind of where they finally get to. Is it? I think it's Holtzville that they finally get to where it's like you find them, you find the kid, you find out that the kid. His dad was once the sheriff and it starts filling in for me, the parts that were a little bit lacking maybe in the first couple where it's like, how could this be happening? And nobody knows about it. And it's like, Oh, it's it's building the world walking dead style. If you want to quit, it's like a modern series. Yeah. Um, But I want to say real quick though, that little kid, he turns this movie into home alone for a minute and Reggie comes (laughs) in. I'm sorry, but hold on, hold on, hold on. Reggie comes into Haltsville and it's like Haltsville because like stop because you got crazy chick shooting a gun and then right. her her cartoon gangster friends with a dollar sign. I don't know their right. names, but I'm right. calling right. I'm calling them Pops and Dollar Sign because Dollar Sign got dollar this, the best sign. chain of all fucking time. Because yep. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm getting one, I'm getting one. Rufus and Henry, Rufus and Henry. Oh, I don't care. No, fuck Henry. no, fuck that. Dollar sign and, and pops. So, goddamn Reggie, and they throw him in the trunk of the fucking kudu, and they go with their pink hearse. They got the pink hearse, pimp as right. Just saying, that, that shit is rad. Nice, the, nice. And this is when the movie goes home alone because Tim is there, and he's got like fucking mannequins diving in from the ceiling with knives attached to them, booby traps. Vietnam tunnels in the house. His parents' clothes are probably on the dummies that were sitting in the rocking chair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit! That is next level dark. And they had a crazy. They had a crazy house for his dad being like. I wonder what his mom did because his dad was just a sheriff, right? Yeah, they couldn't have that house, man. Like How they had that house? His, they dude, his mom. House. They signed a hell of a yeah. mortgage. Yeah, that sweet know. old Victorian house. Oh yeah. Once they get to where they're going, though, Tim is a maniac, and he fucking hatchets the female in the head to death with a, yeah. with a fucking little throwing hatchet. Then a tomahawk, he, and by accident, by accident too, he's he's aiming for the first guy, and she, he, he was just aiming throws. for Dollar Sign. Just, yeah, yeah, he just right. ducks. He throws a fucking pink frisbee, just <laughs> late. frisbee of death. Riddles with razor blades. (laughs) And you get the best neck slit ever. I do like how the skin slides back on the the muscle. Yeah. That shit was dope. And they show it to you again later on. Every time he keeps getting shot, it opens again. You can see the neck slit. Yeah. He just goes old west in the air. (laughs) Then goes a couple down on the ground and just falls over. Oh, God. I think he's the nicest guy, you know? And of course, I didn't know who he was before then or on that set. But then after you do the movie with him, the movie didn't come out. I started seeing TV shows like Westerns, you know, movies, and it's his ass up in there. So oh. he, he does a lot of Westerns, a lot of bad guys. Well, that I was- can see it. He's a, like, he was like a big imposing dude. So I can kind of see it, like him being the. Like a Marlboro man. I think I've seen him. in some- Almost. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But it wasn't cigarettes. He was promoting something. He had a campaign. That yeah. boy had them cancer sticks and the gang leader falls into a pit made by Tim. Come you on. Just- we're closer. <laughs> you just hear a gunshot. I want to touch on the Pops character. Yeah. It's kind of creepy, man. Yeah. He gives me he gives me kid toucher vibes. Yeah. And then when he grabs the kid the first time, big time. He yeah. said like and like does he like kick him or bite him or? As he said, yeah. 
he, he says, he says, uh, oh, it's got some fight in him. I like yeah. that. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like I oh, me. no, bro. Yeah. No. I got, yeah, I got me a rug rat. I got me a rug rat. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Yeah, and he gets him with the tomahawk and a knee. Tim is a, the character. Tim is kind yeah. of a badass in this movie. Yeah, you know yeah. what? I want to say he's kind of a prototype for uh for uh little Carl, uh son of Rick Grimes, right? Another I, parallel. I, I agree. I totally agree. Whenever huh. it comes to to that type of thing, I think he's also a, a precursor to a Morty. A Morty? Yeah. Like from Rick and Morty? Yeah. M- Morty eventually, at this point in the series, if you watch it. He's basically as much of a badass as Rick. He knows how to handle himself in every situation and pulls off the same shit Rick would do. Morty is... My son maybe watched that one time. Is it the professor or the kid? Uh, Morty's the kid. Yeah. Yeah. He eventually becomes on the same level as Rick, uh, like or comes to the same level as Rick throughout the series. Wow. He's- There's only... Though, Travis, I have to point out to you, there is only one badass in this movie. There's only one. No, you don't have to point that out to me. There's, there's. No, two. I'm pointing it out because no, I, I think two. It, I think it. No, there are. Two. There is two of them. There's, there's, there's actually two. there's three. There's three. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. I okay. love you. I, I love you, Glow. <laughs> there are three, no. and it's you. There's you know only it one badass, and the, the true the, badass there is, are is two. the one. There are two oh, others. Yeah, but the one. Name them already. It's the one. Reg, tr- it's Reggie and the Tall Man. Come on, dude. Okay, maybe, but yeah, but those are those are the the continuing characters. The true. The true badass right, in this movie right, is the one right. who comes in, fights hard, knocks some shit out, and then goes, you know what? Dips out. I'm out. And I tell you, that night, it was so chilly that night when we were filming that. And I had to say that line, keep your balls in the air, Reg. Right. <laughs> 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 oh. I, I tell you this, I did not know what the fuck that meant. That's probably the one thing I didn't ask nobody. I'm like, keep your balls in the air. I was reading the script over and over again. I was like, keep your balls in the air. Keep your balls in the air, Reg. I was trying to figure out. <laughs> How the fuck am I supposed to say this shit? Right. Because normally, as I come from the theater background, I want to know my intent by saying these words. And I just, I did not realize what it was until I would say, honestly, like maybe eight years ago, I was watching some show and- they use that line, keep your balls in the air in context. I was like, oh, okay. You know, I, well, for me, I realized what it was. I go, if only I had known that back then, it would have been a totally different line read. I, I ain't going to lie. For me, I took it as a reference to the spheres. I thought you were fucking with him. Like, keep right. your balls in the air, Reg. Like, because those spheres are in the fucking, right? that's the way I took it. And I, yeah. I love that line for that. That, that, that was a good send off. But um, that's not what I was thinking. <laughs> you nailed it, though. You nailed. That's the intent I got. So I think you nailed right. that shit. But my what I learned later is that I, I if I would have thought about it, it's to don't let your balls hit the ground. Like your personal balls don't die on me. Keep them moving. Right. We have a we have a Cajun that's saying for that. Think. What is that? Hosh pala patat. Hosh pala patat. Yeah. Don't don't drop the potato. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. It's quite it's funny that it's also kind of spherical in a way. But why why do you even have to translate potato? Why can't you say drop the ball your balls? It's it, it, it's just it's just it's I don't know. I don't know the like why they chose that, but don't drop your it, tangerines. I don't but, know. But it, <laughs> don't drop your plum, Sha. 
Miss, <laughs> uh, don't drop your plums. Your plums are small and feeble. They're going to squish, Chef. Don't drop your Granny Smiths. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Potato. Oh, Tim, Tim ends up letting uh, <laughs> Reggie out the trunk of the Cuda. That's where he's been locked up this whole fucking time. And they work together to bury the gang properly. I thought that was respectful. Tim's aware of the tall man and says that the dwarves, or lurkers as he calls them, come out at night in Holtzville. So they uh, they bunk up for the night, and they have a bonding scene where we learn that Tim's whole family has been killed by the tall man. And we get a flashback scene. <laughs> this part's fucking... <laughs> what? Oh, no, Gloria. Gloria, just move on. <laughs> she's making the cry face at him boohoo Tim your parents are dead fuck you <laughs> get the fuck on alright well fuck him his parents are dead that flashback scene though I did like the other e- like the evil dead corpse in the casket with the fucking right. white milky eyes the dad wakes up and, and kills the mom so Tim sees the tall man basically masquer- like like puppeteering this whole fucking death ritual like that's happening here i don't know there's necromancy and all kinds of shit involved that just yeah it's ringing my bell while they reminisce the tall man spies on them with a fucking sphere that <laughs> that has oh. an eyeball coming <laughs> out, an eyeball coming out <laughs> i love that shit man yes yes the, another version of the sphere <laughs> <laughs> they had them on in there <laughs> that is awesome that is crazy Reg and Tim, they leave the next morning and discover the pink hearse and all the dead bodies are they've been taken. So off they go. And Tim learns that Reg had a family too going through his wallet, like with the photos. That that's again, cry face, but I kinda <laughs> I kinda am with that. Like Reggie's whole family blew up in front of him. Mm. They're all victims of the tall man at this point. That they have that connection. And on the drive, Reggie stops at this house where all these kids are playing outside. You learn that they're all orphans from Haltsville. Reggie just pulls out a lot of hundreds. Right. Yeah. And he gives it to the caretaker. And he sells a child <laughs> to somebody else. That's right. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that, like eight shades are wrong there. No. Just he, like, he no. Didn't, he didn't. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he, he did. I don't. I don't have a better way to like. He, he he sold the child to a lady who looks like a nun without a habit. That's what. That's what he did. It, he he sold his ass. Well, you know, technically, no, he did not. He paid someone to take care of the child because you know. I like. To- I like looking at it that way, but but Grindhouse <laughs> does have a point. He sold a child. <laughs> sold a child. I'm speaking as a mother. Yeah. Take my baby. No, 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 no. I'm not discrediting that point. I'm not discrediting that. <laughs> well, but in the end, in the end, the kid was fucking smart because Reggie's driving away and the kid's like, he's like pulling yeah. down the trunk of the cooter. I like the like, little yeah, music cue like, when yeah. he opens the trunk too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Reg, Reg goes to the Haltsville Cemetery and he's wielding that fucking Brad quad barrel. And he's ready to kick some ass. Beautifully shot scenes, by the way, with the mural ju- juxtaposed with the shadows of the scene. Like, I just really thought this was a very well shot scene. And while searching the mausoleum, Reggie encounters this sphere that has it out for him. Don Coscarelli likes to, in my experience, film really small things attacking yes. people. Yes. And I love that. Yeah. It's always awesome. And when this sphere is like, just jerking around on the ground all 
hippity hoppity scotchity and and (laughs) (laughs) reggie's trying to fucking like oh come on and this pesky ball is 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 eluding him when he has it in his sights he gets cuffed and gagged by two quick in black tanks and camo pants one of these women tanisha is skull fucked by a silver sphere (laughs) um quick yeah like right quick too the other woman rocky takes the sphere on with her fucking nunchucks and then with her broken nunchuck (laughs) yep okay after her girl has been you know drained you know you when you read that script like you know before you you audition that's one of the scenes you get and um she only says what the that's that's what's in the book they actually added what the hell very little uh, on the set, but I'm like, I don't want to be that character. If this, she dies right after. <laughs> Denisha says, "What the?" and scene spear drilling a hole in her head. <laughs> or I want to say hashtag R.I.P. Tanisha. You you are yeah. remembered and appreciated because we do get our first, like every phantasm film needs to have a head drilling. With the blood just flowing the fuck out, and yes, well, and maybe I'm wrong here, but it looked I to me get like brain drain skull fuck so bad when they filmed that. It looked <laughs> to me like it looked to me like the prop broke halfway through that. The prop like shifts down like it broke. There's a spot where the ball has spiked in. It started to drill, and then it pivots down like the spikes broke off. And maybe they did. I, I just, I, I don't honestly care, but I just. hard ass head and it was trying to adjust and shit. Okay. <laughs> Calibrating. That's, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Right. That's what happened. Hard Fuck ass head. Okay. Leave our props alone. <laughs> Rocky, Rocky, Rocky fought off that fucking awesome prop. But Tim springs in from the trunk because he stowed away. Yeah. And uh, he guns the sphere down. So Reg and Tim roll out. Rocky's like, I got, I got shit to do. What were you doing, by the way? I wanted to ask. What were you there looking for? This is a nerd question. I'm just like, what was she there looking for? Like, why were they there? If I had to think about it, if I remember slightly, refuge, you know, because her family's dead. She's in an apocalyptic world. She doesn't have a car. And And y'all are both ex-military, so y'all know how to like find a place, survive and shit, right? Yeah, we're eating dead bodies in the back of a mausoleum and shit, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and become cannibalistic. Right? Yes, yeah. I love this backstory. This There's is a movie title in there somewhere, <laughs> like an Italian movie. But you know, if that Cannibal ex military women of the mausoleum. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> they would be white, not black. They would be white because black people ain't eating nobody else's bodies. Okay. <laughs> if, if we make Phantasm Six, you have to eat one person. It's part of the contract now. It's part of the contract. <laughs> Grindhouse, write it up. Yeah, yeah it's just like called Eat the Jerky. Reach in somebody's hand, take a sphere out, like do a punch and be like, bam, and then like they pull back and I have a, it's like fighting. Oh. And I'm pulling the fucking spear out, you know. That's this red. Is, this is what we all need to fuck. Oh my God. Yeah. The, yeah. Don. <laughs> Don. Hey, Don, where yeah. are you at, man? Where you at, cuz? I've been trying, babe. I've been trying, okay? We gotta get this petition going. It's Phantasm Sick, the, the bitch is back. Boom. Yep. It's happening. <laughs> yep. Damn right. When they're in doubt on this journey, Tim decides to ask the Jody Sphere which way to go, and the ball, like, guides him. It just shoves itself into the fucking window. Right. Before long, they come across Rocky again and recruit her on their search and destroy mission. 
Rocky's there to help them face down the forces of evil. Yeah, man. And part was one the of the best. best Rocky lines of the film, in my opinion. Yes. The, uh, picture that, the three of us facing against the forces of evil. You're coming across the character in this film that is going to shift the dynamic, and Thank that's you. definitely what happens. During the drive, we get the rundown of what they know about the tall man. This is where Rocky, your character, is learning about this guy for the first time. Right, right. And I'm, and I'm keeping arm's length, too, if you notice. I don't know. I, I, uh, <laughs> I get in the car with a white guy on the side of the <laughs> So Reggie was slowly trying to tenderize me. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, y'all, find a, y'all find a motel room pretty quick, and that's that awesome scene where Reggie's like, Hey man, so you're gonna stretch out in the cooter tonight, right? <laughs> and, then, and then Rocky's like, "You can come inside. It, it's gonna be cold out here." And, and Reggie's back there, like, "No, no." Oh, the way he has to stop every time she turns around. Oh, and I it's... love, I love Tim's face while he's trying to figure out if he likes Reggie enough to go along with it. Too. <laughs> you can see the wheels turning. Like, Do I like this motherfucker enough to go yeah. through with this? Well, and, and for the record, I was torn between spending the night in the Cuda and going to the hotel. I, I was torn. I was like, oh, the Cuda, but oh, Rocky. <laughs> uh, I, I I was torn. I, I, I'm a car guy, so I You're was You're a car guy, though. I You're was a car guy, torn, though. Like, oh. My God, they just, don't. Just, just, I'm <laughs> cursing <laughs> you out in Cajun French. I, I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> Tim, wouldn't be torn. Tim wouldn't be torn because he hasn't gone through puberty yet, you know, but you would be torn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well played. Well played, Rocky. Well played. Okay, I'm going with Rocky. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> well Reggie, Reggie well tries to put the moves on Rocky, but Rocky, in true phantasm fashion, Reggie is not getting the girl. And even with lines like, you ever try vanilla? She gives in to Reg a little bit, only to handcuff him to the bed and say goodnight. <laughs> oh, well, but... And she pulls okay. the cover off him. <laughs> Yeah, you right. cold motherfucker. There's one line in there where I heard it. I heard it last night and I was like, did I hear that? And then I heard it again today and it was like, didn't I tell you that dairy gives me gas? Yes. <laughs> and, and I was just like, and I. That was me. Just, that was all me. He let me oh, add that in. Nice. Because I didn't know what to say. What do you say? Oh, Vanilla. Oh. You know, I, I didn't want to be mean to him, you know. So it's like, I wanted to be nice. I'm about to handcuff his ass to the bed and all that kind of shit, you know? So I was like, the only reason, you know, Vanilla gives me gas. Derek gives me gas, whatever I said, you know? And, oh. that was and he let, Don let me add that in there. So, you know, I thought it was so corny though that he let me keep that. I was just- No, oh. that's that's yet another great line that you've been able to fucking add to this movie. Beautiful. Yeah. From the from the perspective of the of the guy trying to get some ass- yeah. Like just, and that's what he's, he's trying to get some ass. I mean, I, I get that. Reggie's always, he's a horn dog, man. Yeah. Well, he, he like, yeah, dog. he's the fucking ice, the, the, the balding ponytailed ice cream guy that he's seems just to trying get, to like... get laid. But I like what you said. He's got a soft, he's got a, like a, he's, he's a good hearted guy. I, I, I get yeah. that. That, yeah. that bone. Reggie. Well, no, he has courage. I think yeah. that's why Rocky likes him, yeah. you know, or t- tolerates him being around. It's like, listen. <laughs> He's not going to like run, you know, back, you know, to where the war started and shit, you know, he's not going to be a deserter, you know, yeah, he's like yeah. right there for the fight. And so that's, I think one of the reasons, you know, she keeps him around. That song, I Need a Hero, was written about mm-hmm. Reggie yeah. Bannister. <laughs> the next day, our trio of heroes follows a convoy of hearses to the town of Bolton. Mm-hmm. 
another place ravaged by the tall man. They're ambushed in the Cuda by several of the lurkers. We're not going to call them Jawas now. We're calling them lurkers. All right. Mm-hmm. We're going to, we're going to be woke for Phantasm. Yes. And they manage, they manage a getaway <laughs> <laughs> and they camp out by the fire that night. And Reg, ever the horn dog, is trying to get in the Rocky sleeping bag with no luck. But they are visited by a black sphere that induces nightmares. Or are they? Because Reggie is suddenly involved with Rocky and she's she's giving it up, man. With Jody <laughs> with Jody watching from the corner. Well, I'm just saying that's what's happening. <laughs> I said Reggie was a lucky man. I did say that. What are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> when Jody vanishes, a puzzled Reg follows him into a barren wasteland somewhere in Reggie's mind, and we get a sort of cosmic shot of the moon eclipsing the sun, Jody returning to spherical form, and Reg entering a portal. Like all of this happens, all of this psychedelic shit, followed by the sensual shit, followed by the voyeurist weird shit from Jody. Like this is a crazy transition in this film from right. one scene to the next. In the oh, best so ways fast. possible. It's so fast. I mean, you go from you go from what are we doing to kind of whacking it off to <laughs> out into out into the cosmos and like to back again. And it's like I like my hand is no no further hit myself in the forehead than I'm like what what just happened? I mean, it's so fast. <laughs> it's like the sphere was going through memories in his mind, like flipping through like. Like what was immediate was that he just went to sleep, you know, and he's dreaming about me or whatever the case may be. <laughs> Starts fast forwarding to shit that it's in the back of his head, uh, which makes it kind of trippy like that too. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It is like at the forefront of Reggie's mind. Yeah, he's trying to get laid. He's on the road. He's he's horn dog McGee. But then you, the way you put it, it's like we reverse backwards into the, the the shit that's in his subconscious like mm-hmm. what i'm what i'm going through like trying to find mike and 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 where i'm at in this whole fucking journey this is this is where the movie goes abstract and and art house in these ways that only phantasm can pull off and still make right it doesn't matter how much of it you even understand it's just the imagery alone brings you there and you see the tall man walking these dark hallways and you see reg and jody like kind of watching him almost instruct an imprisoned Mike on how to escape his cell. I love the lore behind these movies because it, it seems like this, that really like they are, they're tantalizing because it's like, what does all this mean? Tall man is, is, is basically like, you can get out of this. Like you, like, how's he sit? Ricky? You, know you know, the way out. Yeah. Right. And he's like, I don't know what you mean. But you know, it's <laughs> like, you know, when you see those movies where you have, uh, what do they call it? Parallel universes or, you know, it's like maybe a, a dozen Earths around or whatever happening um, while you're living on Earth 17 or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's almost like the tall man has such powers that he literally is reaching inside your soul to know what is going on in your head. It's like when you have those dreams where you could actually uh, uh, change stuff. There's very few people who can do that. Like, I'm one of those people that I can actually go back to a dream and revisit it. That's lucid dreaming, yes. Yeah. So that the tall man can actually tap into your psyche, okay? And when you think you're watching him, he's literally like, yeah, I see you over there. 
you know, in right. your he, in your realm. He is Rick. He exists in multiple dimensions at multiple yeah. times. Yeah. Like I'm glad I'm glad to hear Gloria confirming this kind of shit because this isn't like the <laughs> fandom talk. Is like what is what yeah. is the tall man's powers and that's the conclusion that we kind of come to, right? Like Ricky, right. Ricky, oh, Ricky yeah. helped me through this. He held my hand through understanding this lore. I'm it, a nice guy. He 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 has done that. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like you always have a choice, but you come back here anyway. You know, <laughs> I mean that's that's the tall man's like universe and lore. It's like depending on who you are as a person, kind of depends on where you end up. But with him, if you have a mission, like in, in this case, it's to save Mike, you always end up back here. Right, right, because right. He it's lets what you go off in your world, your reality, because he knows all the timelines and shit. You know, right. so when you think you're free in reality, he already knows, that, like, okay, you're going to be back here in this time and space in another yeah. day. That's a perfect yeah. example of how this goes because he leaves and Jody. He blasts a hole through the mausoleum wall, freeing Mike, and they all run from the tall man. So, that, like, yeah. that's that's going towards what you're saying. The tall man's like, "Yeah, let this shit happen." Reggie wakes up. This is when he he actually wakes up from this happening and sees Jody creating a portal, which Mike comes through. So there was some dream reality blending happening in that scene. Um, some Freddy Krueger shit. Yes, that's a great way to put it yeah. because they they blend that shit. It, it, it's it's crazy what they're doing here. And the tall man, he starts to cross through the portal, but Reggie, like from the first film, he shuts that shit down. And you're also left cut with... to the first film, too, of him doing it as well. Yeah, dude. And you're left with two tall man hands. <laughs> they're just yeah. laying there on the ground. <laughs> like, fuck. I was fuck. there on the set for that one. That was some freaky shit when they were filming that. <laughs> that was really cool. <laughs> That oh, the snakeskin, awesome the snakeskin hands that are left over. Yeah. Oh, they, the way they shed, dude, that's so cool. <clears throat> yeah, the snakeskin like, shed just before like... they turn into monsters. I like that little touch. Spider, and it starts growing teeth and tendrils, and they remind me of face huggers, man, because of the way they move and the fact that they the skin gets shed off, and Tim picks it up, and like, yeah, no. And it that reminds was, me of the face huggers. The best part. He crawls up his leg. That's the best part of the scene. The best part, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, and that's when I was, that whole scene with the knife, I, I that's when my friend Otis was showing me how to hold the knife if I was military. But he said, he says military people wouldn't push a, uh, a sharp-ass knife into the ground. Like, they just right. wouldn't do it. And I said, well, I got to do this part because of the movie. <laughs> They, yeah, they fight off these these tall man hands that turn into little bugger boos, and they they yeah they get rid bugger boos. Yeah, they kill they kill they kill the the leg the pants leg one with fire. I like that. And after this rescue of Mike, he's still worried about the tall man getting him. Ricky, he said he that says he said it. it. He's still trying to get me. He said it. I know. I, was I thought so of happy. you when I heard that. I was like, he's still <laughs> trying to get me. I'm like, right. oh, he's still a little kid. Is he's still a kid, bro? Oh man, yeah. that shit. See again, yeah. it's gonna bring it's gonna bring the fills. I'm just saying. And while they're worrying about this, the zombie gangster cartoon characters from earlier, Dollar Sign, Pops, and Crazy McGee, <laughs> show up in the pink fucking hearse, dude. Mike is shooting the female zombie off their fucking car, and she well she gets she gets ran over. That shit is fucking insane. Gloria, I like how they stop and look, and then they just laugh. <laughs> Oh yeah, but that's Rocky's. Like that's Rocky's like hardcore line. Shoot that bitch! Yeah. Just, You've done then... a lot of stunt work, 
when it goes into oh. something like that, like being on a car, have you ever done like a high speed sort of stunt like that? Well, I did a stunt for was it Nike? No, a Nikon, Nikon camera. I think that's what it was. Um, and so actually, I lied to say that I I could do stunts, but when I realized what the stunt was, I was like, I could do that. So I went out. For- <laughs> I went out for the audition. This is before Phantasm uh, for the actual lead female in it. And they were doing a 1970s feel of the camera. You know, this girl, this girl being chased by a bad guy. She got an afro and bell-bottom pants and stuff, you know. So they they hired me actually for, well, actually for the, the stunt double. That's what I, that's right. So she was Miss Finland. Okay, now I'm stunt doubling for a Miss Finland. Like, do they got black fins? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, she had got, her plane had got delayed. So they kept me doing all the stunts. And they said, well, if she doesn't get here in the next hour or two, you're going to have to play her part, right? You know, like be in the, show my face. It was, it was really cool. And it was a, the car is supposed to hit the heroine. And the guy was Bob Black. He's like one of famous black stuntmen in Hollywood. And so he said, he said, the car's going to come down the alley and, you know, this is your spot. And when a car gets closer to you, you jump up into the plastic bags. And I went, oh, so the object is not to be here when the car comes. So I said, <laughs> now, mind you, I'm lying, saying that I did stunts before, never done this shit before in my life. Okay. So the car is coming. And I'm timing it, you know, by, by a, a telephone pole to see how many seconds I have. And so we did it a couple of times. And, and I said, go faster. Oh, shit. <laughs> Whoa. And so I'm daredevil. I know, right? And so I literally jump all the way into these bags. And he said, Gloria, he says, you know, do you know how to ride a motorcycle? You should learn. We have very few black stunt women who know how to drive a motorcycle, you know, so that led me to do other stunts and shit. So, well, I yeah, love, I love that. I didn't even know that. So you're, you got into stunt work just by being like, yeah, sure. I could do that. I lied. I, always, your ass off. I actually say to myself, if I know I can't do it, then I will say no, you know, but I thought for sure, I was like, I could do that. And then it was another, I did a Dairy Queen one where uh, they wanted a stunt person, but they also wanted an actress because you have to like, you know, your hands have to be on fire and shit, right? Mm-hmm. So you're holding this Dairy Queen tray and your hands are on fire. This is the audition, right? And they said, well, how do you react? You got all the directors and shit, you know? I think it was, what did I say? Dairy Queen, yeah. When they had that hot flaming burger or some shit. And uh, so we were all lined up and they're all going like, oh, oh. Your hands are on fire, right? They go down, and some guys are doing it like, oh, oh, my God, you know, I'm on fire. He's talking and shit, right? I'm like the seventh now. And so I'm holding the tray, right? And they said, action. I scream like bloody hell. I mean, I just let it, I I just let it go. And I I didn't stop for like, must've been the longest 15 seconds ever. And I just kept fucking screaming to the top of my lungs. And they said, (laughs) (laughs) they were all like, you know, they were shocked because I really put all this into it. And then my agent calls me before I even get home and said, oh, you got the part. I was like, yeah. And then they said, well, we have to really light your hands on fire. (laughs) Oh, shit. Shit, I cannot. 
I cannot imagine a job interview where I go there and part of it is being lit on fire. Like, right. I, like I, but what the? Wow. And in Phantasm 3, I wanted to do all my own stunts, right? I mean, I had a really good uh, um, martial art, you know, a training coach with the nunchucks, you know, um, who I trusted and another stunt coordinator on the set who I trusted because you have to trust them. And I just, I did everything but one stunt. And the one where you see where the zombie throws Rocky over the banister with, and she's holding by the nunchucks. Right. They're like, Gloria, you have to come back tomorrow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that was like the, that's up there. That was up there. Yeah. And so I saw this young lady. She had to be a foot shorter than me. She had hair down on her ass. I think she was Latin. So they had to stiff, they had to put a skull cap on her and stipple it like, you know, she had like a fade. And when I saw that the first time and I said, oh, fuck no, I'm doing all <laughs> Okay. That's all you got in Hollywood? Is this oh, shit. That led me to go like, maybe I should do more of this shit because, you know, I mean, I even personally stunt doubled for a black male on, what's that, the, the black girls who would play the twins, you know, um, uh, Tamara and uh, Tamara and well, I don't know. They're really famous. Anyway, I'm really high. So I stunt yeah. double this guy because yeah. <laughs> you know, he was like 150 pounds and he had a fade and there was no black stuntman in Hollywood. That was his build. And it was just a comedy prat for a sitcom. And I'm, I, and I'm doubling for him. So there wasn't a niche if I really wanted to get into it, but I said, you know what? I done done every job behind the camera. I, I, I'm, I'm done. I need to be in front. <laughs> the mortuary scene. Pass through the chapel. The gang splits up. Rocky and Tim. They find the autopsy room while Reg and Mike clear the mausoleum and they all meet back up. They find this cryogenic vat and Mike suddenly remembers from the first film that the tall man doesn't like the cold. He remembers that scene where Reggie's uh, ice cream truck opens up. The cold comes out and the tall man's like, no (laughs) right (laughs) he fucking hates that shit so it's like oh why didn't you tell me about this sooner and mike's like mike just kind of shrugs he's just like whatever (laughs) with those cryogenic fucking corpses they're like oh one day they're gonna be fucking brought back to life rocky's like some folks don't know when to give it up and rage is like look who's talking (laughs) he's being a fucking (laughs) bastard he's a bastard (laughs) i don't think i I remember correctly i don't think that line was in there either i I think rocky didn't have anything to say and i came into that scene you know they don said you know look into the vat and everything and be like you know like bug eye like oh what the fuck you know everything that you noticed in that scene was oh my god well what the fuck or look over there i was like well can i say something else (laughs) okay that's the scene closer too like that's the fucking way it goes man like that's awesome i was tired of just posing and looking cute i I did look cute but it's like i want to say more that's undeniable and it's also undeniable what your character brought to this whenever it comes to um a female lead liz was important in part two but no one talks about Liz from part two. I'm sorry to, I'm just saying. Well, she wasn't memorable though. This was, this is the first movie where they had a strong female lead that came in and stole a fucking show. Hey. Like stole it. And, and I'll was, say when, no one's done it since. I mean, I, hands down. Until part, the in, best. In, until part six. <laughs> it's right. coming. 
Mike places Crowd the funded. black sphere on his head Crowd. and he lays down on the autopsy table in an attempt to learn more about the tall man. He witnesses the tall man operating on a dwarf. This scene is so fucked up with the goddamn imagery, man. Like it's so yeah, it's great. Red. Right, dude? Oh, uh, with the brain stealing? The pulling the brain out slowly and putting yeah. it in the sphere. Jody's yeah. telling him he's like, this is part of the army that the tall man is growing to take over other dimensions and worlds unknown. Like all this fucking crazy shit. And the brains. Little exposition dump. Dude, yes. It's awesome. And it's, but it's oh. shot so great. And, and when they take the brains of the dwarves and they put them in the sentinel spheres, they're, they're calling them the sentinels now. And, and that's where the minds of, of, of all the, the, tall man slaves are going is into these fucking spheres we're learning this aspect and they, they leave a little bit of the what he says the frontal cortex so they can be controlled by the tall man like right they're driven yeah. on instinct like all of this shit is lore building to the maximum and first time i watched this whole series the whole way through part one i had seen a few times like ricky said i loved it i thought it was a great art house film from the 70s Going into the 80s, I was like, this is great. Part two was the big budget Hollywood sequel. And it was awesome in in some aspects. The first time, not so much. But second watch, hell yeah. This third movie, it's a blend of what part two was going for and what part one was going for. And I think it really accomplishes that. Yes. Rocky and Tim, they chowing down. What were y'all eating? A can of beans? What was that? What I the think it was fuck? beans. Yeah, I think it was a can of beans, like some. Yeah, yeah it was a cooked, big ass can of beans cooked in the crematorium. Yes, right, the crematorium. yes, y'all cooked it on the corpse fire. <laughs> oh, savages! <laughs> yeah, cooked I love it. The yeah, and then, yeah, and then, love yeah, it. and then Rock. Oh, the, the Tim is eating them off a the switchblade, bean by bean, and then and then uh, Rocky is like, "We should save some for the boys." Yeah, and I I love that. I loved that line because it was like. We should save some for those little bitches that are off doing whatever they're doing. <laughs> I just love because because at this point, at this point, you and you and Tim are the people that are like like standing watch, like arms folded, standing watch, right? Yeah. You're like this, and they're just yeah, off. Because like, Reggie's fucking off with a ball on his head, and Reggie, yeah. Reggie's like asleep, like taking a nap. Yeah, and it's yeah. like yeah. what well, the he, absolute. He, he starts F. getting blown by the female fucking crazies. <laughs> yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he screams no, and in most movies too sometimes you know you don't get see the hero and them get a respite or given a chance to eat and so yeah I like that scene too where we get a chance to like catch our breath because you sometimes people keep shooting and keep running 24-7 like really no no one going to the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> it seems like that that really give it that that feel of a real world aspect even though we're in this dream world logic sort of franchise Rocky nearly gets tossed off the fucking second hand floor after they're coming to terms or coming to grips with the tall man here she saves herself with her own nunchucks and dollar sign brings Tim to the tall man who tells Mike he has lived in this flesh construct for long enough mm. and puts him to sleep. He takes Tim away on a gurney and Rocky finds Reg and that crazy fucking zombie girl. That's that line. You like get your hands off my boy. And she proceeds yeah. to beat the shit out of wacko zombie and kicks her off the second floor and her fucking yellow goo blood is fucking splattered all over the goddamn place. I have I have yellow goo multiple times in my notes. Just yellow goo. It's goo. So good. Oh, just oh. goo goo. 
the fucking mustard goo just is awesome. Yeah. Tim uses the uh, the black sphere to escape the confines of the gurney, but he's grabbed by dollar sign yet again. And tall man is over there offering Mike like a release from his imperfect flesh that binds him to time and space while the remaining gangster zombies get brain drilled by Jody sphere and dollar sign gets a fucking spinning head decapitation. Right. And flies off like like, like a helicopter. It's fucking amazing. So awesome. They find the tall man brain drilling Mike and hurl a sphere through the tall man. That's that cryogenic fucking sphere. Y'all y'all got through his ass and pin him to the wall of the fucking freezer. That um, scene was so emotional for me. I mean, I literally cried on set on that scene because that's when I realized, and I've told this story before, but it still gets me. It's it's when I realized that I was in a movie with the fucking tall man. Right. So we're set up and you see all the, you know, the cryo tanks and everything and the door where I see him go like, you know, check this out. And he's in there doing all that <laughs> shit. And, and we're setting up to me to throw the sphere and I start laughing, right? After he says action. And um, so he goes, cut, cut. And he says, Gloria, are you okay? You know, Don's you know, checking on me. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm just, you don't get it. You know, it was like in the 70s. You know, this guy used to scare the shit out of me, right? <laughs> you know, I'm in a movie with the fucking tall man. This bitch, right? And Otis actually was in the wings watching this scene that day. And uh, he was so nice to like, uh, when the camera was on me, uh, he it was, there was a piece of hair on my lip. And he came by when the makeup lady left and he says, they're not even looking. And there was a piece of hair on my lip and he took it off. <laughs> and it would have been awful. It was like a fucking close-up. I was like, thank you, bro. You got me. And so they ran that shot again and go, action. So I'm holding the spear and I start crying. Cut, cut, Gloria. He gets out of his chair. He says, is everything okay? And I said, you, you don't get it. I'm in the movie with a tall man. I'm like, <laughs> okay. And he was like, oh, okay. He says, you know, I said, I'm in the movie with the tall man. And tears are just coming down my face and shit. And the makeup girl had to come over and, you know, my eyes were turning red and shit, you know, because it's so surreal. And you don't even know the definition of that word until you're literally in a surreal moment. You know, what was I like 13 or some shit like that when the first one came out? And he is so nice, Angus. He has the most generous heart, you know, and you could feel his energy. And here I am throwing a fucking spear at his ass. You know? <laughs> and then he stops and he, he has that English accent, you know, it was just, that was like the, probably the best scene in the movie for me. I love it. Well, I would argue going forward though, I would, and I would argue this honestly, that as much as you were in the scene with the tall man, I think going forward, I think the tall man was in the scene with the Rocky. And yeah, bro. that's like, that's what I want to see going forward because Angus, yeah. Angus Scrim was awesome. I mean, and there's no getting around that, but I mean, right. the, the person to carry this lower forward is you. So oh. I want to see, I want to see who the next person that has to come up against Rocky and get their balls busted. Right. I, I want to see, <laughs> I want to see it. I want to see it. Me too. It's, so who do we talk well, to? Shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they. <laughs> <laughs> The cold <laughs> manages to freeze the tall man, and the the sphere exits his cracked face, chasing <sighs> Tim down the halls of the mortuary. Rocky is attacked by that crazy zombie again, 
but the sphere misses and blasts right through the zombie's head. So oh, yeah, no. Gloria, yes. Gloria, again, you got away with that one. <laughs> you were like, "Fuck you, bitch!" Yeah, yeah I did an elbow. I did an elbow. Yes. Yep. Bam. Done. Got her ass in there. I jeeted her. That's a JKD move. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mike yeah. finds out that there's a golden sphere in his head under his scalp. That's more to the lore that we don't fucking understand. And that's to his horror. And Reggie outruns the tall man's head sphere, finds an impromptu weapon in a in toilet a plunger. plunger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> This is so awesome. <laughs> oh, this is so great. Well, well Gloria's rolling her eyes though. So what? What are you rolling your eyes at? You don't like the plunger? Like... It's great. No, I like the plunger. I was there when they were going down the mausoleum in the hallway with that shit. Yeah, y'all fought with it. Y'all fought with it. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of the scene with the fly from the first movie. Don Coscarelli loves little shit fucking with people. He loves it. When the whole Evil Dead, you know, yeah. thing with the. The fly in the first movie in the jacket. Yeah, it brings me back. I love it. Yep, you're right. You're right. Yeah, that was that was a good night, man. That was we were we were coming on set at night. We wouldn't even be in there in the morning. We would come in at night and leave when the fucking sun was coming up. You know? And then you actually smell death because you're really in a mausoleum. And that was in itself such a I mean, you really had to focus on your work to know that behind that marble wall, when you touch it, it's cold, baby. That marble is cold mm. and it's beautiful, you know, and peep the family brings flowers and stuff, you know, and everything. And you see the person's name and the year they passed away or the year they were born, you know, and here we are fucking doing a movie down the hallway and shit, you know, right. and that shit ain't airtight. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> because you get a hint of like, what is he like? A hundred years old? You don't even know how old. <laughs> <laughs> Sniffing that zombie dust, right? Because oh. it's, it's in the air, so you have to act around that shit, you know, or act actually act through that. That was intense. You you brought you brought some philosophical shit right there, though. Like you're acting in the walls, surrounded by the dead. Like the, the the legacy of all these human beings are around you while you're in there creating your art. Like this is crazy. Can you imagine getting the the uh, location permit? You have to say we want to do a- <laughs> <laughs> right. all the red tape. Fuck red. No. Fuck red tape. Right yeah. now, I'm saying right now. We only do it during closing hours when you know the 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 greed doesn't come. So that's why we had to be there at night until the morning until the place opened up. Y'all had some friends. Yeah, I like that. That's how that goes. I love that shit. Looking out. This sphere that's captured in the plunger quickly unleashes a pair of spinning circular saws. So they're like, like zip it around. Yeah. Rocky, Tim, and Reg are wrestling with this motherfucker. And this deadly sphere, it it fucking, Reggie dunks it into this cryogenic liquid vat. Yeah. I love the sad little noises it makes while it's dying in (laughs) there, too. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like R two D two dying. Right, it's right. Like, like why would? Oh, I didn't think that would make me so sad, but it did. Mike, <laughs> Mike comes out like all like dilated as shit, like he's on meth or some shit, and he he's like leaving the mortuary, and he's like telling Reg like stay away from me, and Jody's following him, and he's telling Reg like don't believe everything that you see because seeing is easy. 
but understanding takes time. All right. this, all this trippy shit, and and Reg is like, fuck. <laughs> Do I have time? <laughs> I, yeah, like what the fuck? And at this point, this is the saddest part of the fucking movie. Yeah, Rocky breaks ties with Tim and Reg. See ya. <laughs> A fond farewell, hugging them in Compton. <laughs> And then driving off into the night, never to be seen again until part five. Right. So yeah, they return to the mortuary where Tim remembers that he needs to give Reg a message from Mike that there are thousands of them. And mm-hmm. by that, he means spheres. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> a lot of motherfucking spheres. And Tim finds a portal and a vat of cryogenics turned over. And he sees Reggie completely pinned to the wall by dozens of spheres. Mm-hmm. I want to say earlier in this film, there was a moment where the, 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 the tall man was covered by a firmament of spheres. Yeah. That's when he yeah. reached through the portal. That shit was fucking yeah. mind-blowing imagery. Like, right. I love that so much. Um, I think he's supposed to tell him there were thousands of the tall man. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And that's yeah. why Mike was that that whole thing about be con- being connected to another place in time. You know, at the same time he's in this coma, he's actually connecting with the mind of the tall man, going like, "This is the shit we got in store for your ass." Mm. Uh, Reggie's up against the rafters, getting like pinned by the spheres, and he's just dancing around, and he's like, "Getting some like, ball action for sure." All kinds of ball action. Yeah. And yeah. And then you get to the end and it's like, and Reggie's like, just get out of here. Get out of here. It's over. It's over. And then the tall man walks in and goes, it's It's never never over. over. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Tim gets pulled through the window into the void, much like Mike in, in the original. And we leave the world of Phantasm. get our final thoughts and ratings though here on this film the third film in the phantasm franchise as the third film in this series following the mind fuck of the first movie and the ramped up sequel that every 80s movie did they ramped it up in part two oh you gotta stop playing with your hair i'm it distracts me every time well no you don't have to you don't have to stop but i'm just saying it's gonna like Totally derail me. Okay, okay. This movie finds a nice balancing act where Gloria is done playing with her hair. And and it brings a little more lore while maintaining a good storytelling pace with plenty of action. I think this movie did blend what the first film was doing and the second film was doing. Yeah. The the action ramped up and you played a big part in that. Uh, The The biggest biggest part part in that. The biggest part in that. To be fair. To be honest. And... I also enjoyed Michael Baldwin, a Michael Baldwin, a Michael Baldwin returning and being reunited with his phantasm family. You guys were all on screen together in this movie. And 
all for the ride. I, I had a ball. It, yeah. it, it's awesome. And, and as well as the mysterious link between the tall man and Mike in this film, that's a, that's like building the lore. Honestly, yeah. Rocky and Tim are the two best characters introduced into the story since the original. And it's nothing against alchemy or Liz. Right. It's just, it's just y'all are more memorable characters. And overall, the score cinematography, maintaining the atmosphere from the previous two entries, it, it, it feels like it hasn't missed a beat. And that's going back to what Grindhouse was saying about like these characters being familiar. I love this world and the progression of the story. It's it's there's some really cool gore and special effects, stunt work, and as always, our main cast of memorable characters. And it's gonna go without saying, whenever people talk about the first film, it's trippy. The second film is ramped up, but when people talk about the third film, you're the main aspect of this third film. It's always about Rocky. Right. Everyone remembers and loves Rocky from the third film. So it's a it's a big honor that you were on the show tonight and that you shared so many fucking awesome stories. Yes. Like that's the best part. And overall, for me, this movie is a nine out of ten. I like yes. this movie more than the second film. I really do. The second film is a whole lot of fun. First film is a classic. This film ramps up the story, ramps up the lore, brings in the action brings in the memorable characters that I'm going to want to see more of. And my only fault is not with this film. It's with part four because it doesn't have fucking Rocky in it. Thank so, you. There Thank you go. You. <laughs> uh, okay. So going from the first one to the second one, the second movie was more of a diehard movie than it was sure. a phantasm movie. Um, mm-hmm. So getting into Lord of the dead, this is where it gave me something new and it gave me a character that I loved that was a badass and that didn't fucking die. So uh, like getting there was like such a super ride. I know we had that like dream gasm scene or whatever else. And I'm sorry. Still, still I, but this was so much better to me in propelling the lore of the movie. And again, to Travis's point, to Ricky's point, to Gloria's point, why there was no Rocky in part four, it doesn't make any sense to me. So for me, Phantasm 3 was an eight and a half out of 10 for me. This movie is legit. I've watched it. I've watched it three times in the last two days. I mean, you guys have said pretty much everything that's been in my head, but yeah, I'm going with a nine out of 10. It blends the first and the second movie. It propels the story. It builds on the lore. It builds so much on the lore of the tall man, what he's doing, where he's been, where he's going. You get fun characters. You get amazing characters. You get reunited with a Michael Baldwin, which is a plus, which is cool. Reunited and it feels so good. You get fun <laughs> action. You get the zombies, the cartoon Looney Tunes zombies. Yes. The sets. The shooting locations, everything's beautiful. It wears its evil dead, its Hellraiser influences and the lighting. It's dreamlike. Like this, it's one, it's one of the best of the franchise. I could put any movie from the franchise on at any point of the day, any day, but this one's special. So part three is that tipping point. It is that tipping point, man. It is. So, so I want to thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank, thank you. you. No, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank yes. you so much for being on. 
Yes. I want to ask your final thoughts and ratings on your own fucking film. Um, 10, 10, 10 across. It's a fucking yes, 10, it's a fucking 10. 10. Yes. 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 Night club. <laughs> it is a fucking 10. Oh, wow. Phantasm fucking three. Fuck <laughs> yeah. I oh. want to say I appreciate you all giving me this honor to hang out with you guys and all your bareness. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens on this show. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm just, and you, you made me a part of it. And you made me feel like, you know, I was a regular person. And, you know, I was glad to let you in on things that people don't normally know and um, or would even appreciate. You know, so I appreciate all of you gentlemen very oh, much. We loved hearing all the stories oh. and everything you had to share. Yeah. Listen, we're just we're just being us and, and it's awesome I'm, that yeah. I'm still I'm still I'm still expecting to turn around and the tall man's over there and then I wake <laughs> up and this ain't even real. So like. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, and I told Grindhouse this and I'm telling it to Ricky. Like the fact that I was talking to Gloria and do and like getting all this orchestrated. It's from a boy Rick over there because he's yeah. that big. He's that big fanboy, and this has been. I, I mean, I've been excited. Grindhouse has been excited, and mm-hmm. Ricky got me introduced to this series. So without him, I wouldn't even be talking to you. So this is all. This is all Thank that man. You. Spread Thank the you. word. Spread oh, the word. We're gonna do Phantasm Six hashtag. Gloria is coming back, cause. Zombie kicking ass shit. This ain't my gig. I'm out. <laughs>